welcome back. Welcome to another episode of Into the Nothing with your favorite host, Patrice Douglas. Today on this episode, I have a priestess initiator and a feminine embodiment mentor. What is that, you ask? We're going to answer the question. So, Katie, welcome to Into the Nothing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Me too. Because I, um, as you listened to the episode, Katie, which was really cool, the, I had another woman on here and we talked about empress codes and priestess mm-hmm. and the feminine way. And I know that you're an expert in that. In I, I think it's, I know it's an ancient way of being, but it also feels quite new and quite modern and probably foreign to a lot of mm-hmm. people. Like what priestess, what feminine mm-hmm. way, what, like, what does that even mean? So what does it mean? What, let's start first with the priestess initiator. What does that mean to you? And what does that feel like to you? Thank you for asking. So for me, the reason that I call myself a priestess initiator is because like every time a woman comes into my field, it's just like she has this really potent, very quick soul remembrance of of who she is on that divine feminine level who she is on that soul level and that can look like remembering past lifetimes it can just be an embodied knowing it's like a full activation of her gifts of her oracular power um and like it's so fast and then the work that I do with women tends to go very deep very quick to the core of what's really there which is why I add the initiator part, because it's like it activates them. And then I support them in the integration and embodiment of who they actually are and that full remembrance journey of their power and their magic. And so, yeah, I feel like for me, the, the, you know, my definition of the priestess is because I think people get intimidated or overwhelmed by this term. And I'm like, it is the sacred feminine connection between the earth and the cosmos. And if you think about it in past times in history, the the highest of society, kings, queens, pharaohs, would consult the high priestess for her oracular wisdom, for her psychic abilities, for her intuition. Um, and she was revered for that. And so it really is like the archetype of the wise woman. Why do you think people are coming to you? Like what's the gap for women where they're, they're feeling like, life right now doesn't feel right like I'm coming to you I don't quite know what the priestess is or what that means but I'm being drawn to you like what what's the gap for them and then what are they starting to activate in their life through working with you or understanding themselves a lot more in this in this I guess divine feminine sacred feminine way um this is a good question because I get women coming in from all different walks of life so it's not like some women are very advanced in the work they've been doing it longer than me and they're like they I guess the term that gets used a lot in this space is codes like you'll hear people talking about codes like these codes priestess codes empress codes like what does that even mean and it's so fascinating because although I feel like I bring quite a grounded approach to this work, I'm also very multidimensional and I have a very potent channel. And um, women that have been doing this work a long time recognize that. They're just like, boom, you got the codes. I want the codes. Let's do some work together. And um, I find it so funny because when my partner listens to like me having conversations with women in that space or what I'm teaching, he's just like, "What what are you talking about? Like what the hell is going on here? But it's this unspoken, it's a spoken and unspoken knowing that we all share. It's just like, I get what they're all about. They get what I'm all about. Like we're on the same page. 
Similarly, there are women that come into my world that they are just beginning this exploration into the divine feminine. And and I think because I break this stuff down into a very digestible language and I'm quite grounded, they tend to feel safe and they tend to feel drawn into the space with me. Um, But their soul calls them in because they'll be like, I don't know why, but I just have this sense that I need to do some work with you. And I've had like, I used to be a real estate agent prior to this and I was quite successful in that field and I did it for 13 years working in sales. And it's just so interesting because I've had previous colleagues reach out to me who aren't really that spiritual and go, I'm drawn into your world. And, you know, they might do some of my stuff and be like, I really resonate, but I don't really understand what you're talking about. I just feel it. And then I've had other people go, I did your thing and I just don't get it and I, I don't resonate. And then two years later, do a course with me and be like, oh my God, I didn't get it back then, but now I totally get it. So it's like, that's why I say their soul calls them in. Cause it's like, they just know they're drawn in every woman that's drawn into my world and magnetized to my work, whatever stage of awareness she's at or how she feels about it. I look at them and I'm like, you've got priestess codes. You've got empress energy. You have divine feminine, you know, magic that wants to come through whether they're aware or not I'm like that's why you're here so like I just know they're super magical they're super gifted and they've got this deep connection to that divine feminine path and spirit and there's just something in my field or the work that I do that is going to unlock the next level or layer for them whatever that looks like and just thinking about magic and being tapped in and intuitive and being a channel can you talk a bit about your process, your journey, your awakenings? Like as a little girl, were you just like, okay, yeah, I can bend time or, um, you know, were you just talking to fairies and angels? Like what has your process been throughout your life to keep awakening these gifts and also for you to move from being a real estate agent into being a priestess initiator? it's so funny too because I'm like it's just such a huge shift in such a short space of time um so as a child I was extremely psychic and I also feel like I had a very open channel um however like I was raised in a in a very religious family so my mum's side is very strong catholic my dad's side is like uniting church and christian and very like most of my family are very religious people and so interestingly like as a child I was obsessed with fairies I used to create fairy gardens all the time and little fairy houses and um at night every night when I went to bed I would see these two enormous like enormous beings beside my bed and I'd be like I'm actually terrified because they're so big and so powerful but I also knew they were there to protect me so I had all these like you know connections to my gifts but also what came with that was I had a lot of childhood trauma firstly um secondly I having a channel like that as a child unless I think you're around someone that can support you project protect you energetically etc I had extraordinary night terrors as a child like I feel like I was psychically attacked quite a lot in my dreams um and because I was so open you know, all realms exist in the, in the upper realms, in the, I don't even want to call them upper, in the different layers of, of dimensions and realities, everything exists, light and dark. So I was exposed to a lot of both 
in this really crazy way that I didn't understand. And so, and that's actually something to touch on because a lot of women that I work with are like, they're very powerful channels, but when they were a child, they closed it down because things happened that were scary and they didn't feel safe. So that is something that often comes up and that was a part of my process as well. So as a child, it was kind of like impressed upon me that anything spiritual was the devil and I would go to hell, like astrology, any of it, like tarot. Um, And so in 2015, I ended a very toxic relationship with a very narcissistic person and had this very profound moment of like, I need to get away from my environment that I've always lived in, my family, like I love them, but I need to get out of my identity because this isn't working for me. Like I'd been working in real estate. I'd been very successful from a very young age and I felt like I was wearing a mask. I didn't really like my life. And I was like, I need to go and find myself. Um, And it was during that time that I feel like the sacred feminine in me really started to come online because I moved to Sydney. I was still doing real estate, but I got out of my environment and I gave myself a bit more permission to explore those elements of life that I enjoyed. So I started doing moon ceremonies. I started doing like burning rituals and releasing and manifestation and carrying crystals everywhere and just studying, studying, studying all this stuff. And it just kept opening up like this path for me, like more and more deeply. And because I didn't have anyone around me that knew me, I just got to be who I felt like I actually was. And so in 2018, I got this, this very strong calling that I should go to India. And so I booked a month long trip to India over December, January of 2018, 2019, like totally solo, no travel guides or anything. And I just booked this spiritual pilgrimage on my own. And I went to India for a month. And for that whole For some time, my purpose had been like knocking on the door for me. Like you've got an actual reason for being here and this is not it. Like, and I, I guess what held me back, I was sort of like one foot in, one foot out on the whole thing because I knew it would involve being who I really was, (laughs) like a whole new world, being seen, being heard, putting myself out there. If I was to actually, like, I could just feel that it was going to take me places that, Honestly, I didn't know if I was ready to go because I had so many fears about being seen and being heard. And, you know, um, so it got to a point where all of 2018, I was asking spirit, like, what is my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? But conversely being like, I only want to know if I don't have to do this and I don't have to do that. And so it just didn't land, right? It was so conditional and it just didn't land. And so I went to India And I was on this train from Delhi to Jaipur in the middle of the night and listening to Wayne Dyer, like on some kind of interview talking about don't die with your music still in you. And I started crying because I was like, this is me. Like I still get emotional when I talk about it because it was such a big moment where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I have to just make the moves and be brave. And I think traveling India alone at that point in my life for a month, like, and I went to some crazy places, wild adventures. I was pretty fearless. I would never do it now the way I did it back then. Um, That gave me the confidence. I was like, if you can do this, you can do anything. So I came home 
And I was like, I'm just going to go to Bali for a week just to experiment. Cause I'd always had this feeling I would quit my job and go traveling for a year. And that would be how I'd find my purpose. And I was like, I'll just go to Bali for a week and experiment with what it's like to go on a trip and go on another one. And like, do I really want to be that free spirited? And so I went to Bali for a week and on the last day, I went and saw this Reiki girl that I'd seen before who was an oracle. And she was like, look, you already know what you need to do. You know where you want to go. And all that's stopping you is your fear. You've just got to make the decision. And so I flew home from Bali that night, overnight. I landed in Australia at seven. I called my boss at nine and I was like, this is my one month's notice. I'm quitting and I'm going traveling. And so I did. I quit. I sold all my stuff. And my plan was to go to um, do the Camino de Santiago. It's like a spiritual pilgrimage from the French Pyrenees down to the coast of Spain. So that's my plan. And I was all ready to go. And like a week before I went, I saw this opportunity to came up to go to Costa Rica and study healing um, or do a certification in healing. And I again, it was just a soul pull. And I was like, all right. I'm doing that thing. So I changed my whole plans. I canceled everything and I went to Costa Rica. And so that's when like my consciousness just literally blew open. And I suddenly was like, oh my God, I have all these healing abilities. I have all these psychic abilities. I would talk to people and immediately it's like only people with their permission went like giving me permission in a healing session, but like their whole blueprint would just download in front of me. And it's like, I knew every trauma, everything they'd ever been through, how old they were, where it was stored in their body. It was so wild and undeniable in the, in the sessions that I was like, this is what I'm here for. Like, this is, is who I'm meant to be. And so I went from literally being a real estate agent and everyone knew me in this particular identity to all of a sudden, like a month later, talking about quantum creation, consciousness, healing, like start, like, this is what I'm doing now. And I was like, okay, this is super, super uncomfortable for me, but I can either like slowly, you know, drip feed people my new identity, but I never want to go back to real estate again. So what I'm going to do is just go all in on the thing. And like, this is who I am, own it, claim it, everyone can get over it. And so that's what I, that's what I did. And I started teaching online and sharing my message. And that was kind of the beginning of, of what I'm doing now. And what sort of feedback did you get from your friends and family when you just burst into the world with this truer, more authentic identity, but for them knew like, okay, Katie, do you want to sell some houses? No, you want to burn some sage? Like, are you fucking okay? Like what happened? Were there some tough conversations? I feel like you can probably relate to this because I've heard you speak about or written about, I've seen things you've posted about, um, like the responses you've had from people wondering if you're okay, basically, like, or like what's going on for you. And, and it was really interesting because generally speaking, the response was loving, but like a little bit concerned and just checking in. And like, it was really before I went, I didn't tell anyone that I was going to Costa Rica, except my sister, who was my best friend, my youngest sister. She was like, are you sure you like you literally have the, the trip of a life planned and you want to go to the jungles in Costa Rica with 40 people you don't know and do some woo-woo shit like 
out in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And I didn't tell anyone else. So everyone thought I had this trick planned. And then everyone's seeing on the internet, me in Costa Rica, like what is happening? But it was just really interesting to see different people's reactions because it made people uncomfortable. And I think it made people uncomfortable because it challenged their perception of me, which actually challenged their reality and their identity but it also challenged in them the parts of them that they weren't willing to own that I suddenly started owning. So yeah, it was, um, I think the, the most, like the most interesting one for me was this relationship with my little sister, because we were very, very close. And I saw her at the end of my trip and I had no idea how much I'd changed in that year. So I'm talking about all of this stuff, thinking it's amazing. It's exciting. Like, you know, star beings and races and channeling and all this, you know, psychic magic. And I didn't realize, but she was, we met in Bali for my birthday. She was petrified the whole time. She told me later that she actually was scared that I was going to get beamed up and like a UFO and disappear and like never come back. So she was like deeply impacted by who I'd become because it was so different from who she knew me as. And that was something that you know, it was a lesson for me, I guess, in discernment around how this stuff lands with people. And it's like this mix of be your full authentic self and just be like aware of what people are left with when you're sharing this information that might be, might be super foreign to them. Mm. And a point that you made that I am, am learning, I, I kind of knew it. And then I've dabbled with it here and there thinking I've got to be my fullest expression all the time. But um something that you mentioned at the beginning when you changed your mind and you went to Costa Rica, not everyone knew. And I think that that's an important point to make because there are certain things I believe when we're creating a business or an idea or a project that like a baby needs to be nurtured. And Mm -hmm. sometimes when it's so fresh and Mm -hmm. it's, it's potentially such an innovation that's coming through you for others, but firstly for yourself, to, to embody it, to integrate it, to let it feel safe, to, for you to have some fun with it. Sometimes it means going on the journey on your own or just having a few people, maybe your sister or a friend or a mentor that knows about it and not really anyone else. And that's okay. Yeah. It's because, actually like, yeah. Sorry, yeah. you continue. No, I was just going to say, like, I've just learned that along the way that, oh, okay, there's, you know, some, some sacred, some secret eggs that I'm currently looking after at the moment and it's it's okay I can really trust myself as to when the time is to share like when I'm confident when I got it when I'm like aligned within myself and I've really I've really done the inner work to like okay yep I'm clear I'm confident and when someone else's opinion won't throttle me or rattle me so much and yeah so what did you want to say around that I love that because I think it's not just okay, but it's actually important because it is like what you said, this nurturing, this this part of us or this creation or whatever we want to protect and talking about the path of the priestess, talking about the divine feminine. To me, that's the divine mother. That's where we shift into like a full mother frequency. And it's like, I am nurturing and protecting this thing that I'm growing either within myself or within life. And that's where boundaries, you know, become a thing it's actually they're there to protect what it is that we're growing or what we're creating and sometimes the path of the priestess or the path of the divine feminine is a lonely path it's an isolating place to be because 
not everyone's going to get you. And it's actually part of the initiation is to be able to walk your own path with determination and courage, despite what anyone else might think. And when we're not in our wounds, like the wounded little girl seeking approval, we'll be okay to hold things to ourselves because not everybody's going to understand. And the reason why I didn't tell anyone I was going to Costa Rica is because I knew that everyone would try and talk me out of it. And I was like, this is such a big move for me to make. There's no part of me that feels like it's the wrong move. I know, but it's so big. I just need eye on the prize. I don't need anyone's opinions, energy projections, all of those things. And so, yeah, I do think it's a necessary part of that evolution on that, you know, on the journey that we're on. Mm. And for me, meditation has been such a great way to get to know myself so detached from everything. Like even the things that I say that I desire and that I want and people closest to me, my boyfriend, Ted, friends, my business are getting, getting better and better all the time at just sitting in the nothing. That's yep. really my, my, that's what I do for a couple of hours mm. a day is I, I do my best. Some days it's filled with so much, so much mind chatter and so much busyness and so much discomfort, but keep training myself to sit in nothing because what it has taught me is I can really, I can, I'm getting better at being with myself and what I believe is true and what's for me and be with someone else when they have a totally different story telling me something else and be able to just leave what they said on the table like they could be giving me advice something as simple as oh you're flying from Sydney to Brisbane tomorrow did you see on the news that it's just chaos and it takes hours to get through the airport and you've got to get there hours earlier and you know all this story and going yeah cool and then just leaving mm. that, not taking that on board and just doing what I usually do to get to the airport as a, as an example. And I'm in a slipstream and it is just normal and easy and like that kind mm. of sovereignty, that kind of connection with self to create, I like to call it like you can slip into a slipstream internally and create your own yeah. path. Yeah. And you can, because like everyone's having an experience in reality, according to their state of consciousness, their frequency, their like embodiment. And we're actually like, to me, all kind of like we're co-creating, but people are having different experiences based on where they're at within themselves. And so exactly as you said, like that's a projection or a story of somebody else. The second that you start to take that on board, then you're weaving that into your reality as well. And so like, I think what you're doing to create that space is so amazing. And I think the reason that a lot of people don't do that and we kind of tend to shy away from that is because then we've got to be with all these parts of ourselves that when we're busy and we're distracted and when we're with other people and fixated on out there, we don't have to face. And that nothingness can be super uncomfortable sometimes. Oh my God. I actually wrote a post yesterday that I want, I'm going to post this week about like how many hours I've sat in meditation just over the last year and a half, like six, I did like a rough calculation of about 650 hours. And so much of that is sitting in so much tension Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just meeting so many fucking layers that I'm like, are you kidding? Is that layer back here? Do I really think my boyfriend's still cheating on me? Like, aren't, wasn't that a 20 year old thing? Like just these interesting layers. So I, so, uh, yeah, I so resonate with that. And I think, I understand that can be so hard to go into the nothing, but God, it's it's such a great place, guys. <laughs> we're we're in a like we're in a program. Like I think that's the thing that you're talking about is like most of who we believe we are isn't even who we are. It's all of the stuff we've been programmed with from the external. And like you're actually stepping out of that program 
and channeling more of who you actually are and your own internal genius. And I just think that is, it's actually really inspiring when I hear you talk about it. I'm like, yes, go you. Thanks, Katie. Hey, that's why I've got you on the podcast because you inspire me. Um, But I just want to, it's as you were talking, I um, screenshotted a post yesterday from Lisa Messenger and I just want to read it right now. It's a complete waste of time to tell the trailblazers, rebels, dreamers and creators that they're going the wrong way. We know. That's the point. (laughs) We didn't come here to conform to the madness of, it says the matrix, but like the day-to-day I would call it. We came Mm -hmm. to blow some minds and break down some belief systems. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. so you, Katie. So, Katie, I want to hop into the feminine way. We're already talking about it. But I'd love to go into it further because it's interesting. I feel like I tap into little bits and pieces of it naturally as a woman, as I identify as a woman. And the more I get to know myself naturally, I I pick up little bits and pieces that I see, I guess, experts in the feminine way or divine feminine like yourself and other women online. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of playing with that naturally. Can you talk to me about it? Because... I feel like lots of women are starting to lean into this, the feminine way, being more in touch themselves, the intuition. Like, can you explain a little bit more what that could look like on the day-to-day living the feminine way, maybe in comparison to other ways that we have lived? Yeah. Okay. That's such a good question. And I think, you know, I always subscribe to the belief that we as women have feminine and masculine energy or we all do as human beings is what I'm saying. So we all have feminine masculine energy within us. I believe that's part of our universal makeup and part of the consciousness that resides all across the cosmos. And so to me, the feminine way, and I think people can misconstrue this, it's not about having access to that more masculine state of being. It's actually harmonizing both of them to kind of co-create and work and weave beautifully together. And I actually think we're way more powerful in our feminine energy when we have a really powerful integrated masculine energy, because then the feminine will really flourish and come come online and, and blossom and bloom. And so I think what's been really like the thing about my understanding of history is that prior to the patriarchy, the the goddess was like very highly regarded and worshipped. And a lot of what is the feminine aspect and principle of life has been kind of deleted, if you will, from our conditioning, from our lifestyle, from our history, from our society. And we've been placed into these lifestyles and programs is the way that I think about them. These realities and identities that honestly, to me, feel like they go against our nature as human beings, but, you know, especially as women, because our linear time structures and timeframes that we work under the kind of productivity that we're expected as part of a normal way of being to, to, to produce, to be in is so far removed from what actually suits our hormonal cycle, which is 28 days as as women, as feminine beings. And the male hormonal hormonal cycle resets every 24 hours. So we have this like 24-hour clock and time and productivity and all these things that are so linear and so masculine-based. Most of it hasn't been created to suit what actually works for our blueprint. And so the feminine way to me is actually bringing back these elements of magic, intuition, 
receptivity, beingness, creativity, flow that from my observation, certainly for myself, feels like my happiest place, feels like my absolute truth, feels like my natural state of being. And so, you know, most of the women that I work with come to me because they're like, I've achieved all this stuff or I've been stuck, like I haven't achieved what I want. And regardless, I'm burnt out, I'm depleted, I feel like I've lost access to my body senses, I don't have any real joy in my life, I don't feel radiant, I don't feel nourished, and I kind of don't love my life and I just don't want to do it like this anymore. And so for me, you know, really shifting into that, like how do we alter our lifestyle to fit more of that? And the thing is we are deeply conditioned to be in the hustle culture to feel like we're not enough unless we produce at a at an extraordinarily high level all of the time, unless we consistently show up in a way. So it is actually a huge amount of work in a way to deprogram that and decondition that, to be more in that, you know, I see this the feminine way as cycles of rest and creation, rest and creation. And what happens for a lot of us is when we start to live in that way, we actually become way more magnetic because it's 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 so much more in resonance. So things flow so much easier, but it can be very uncomfortable because it's like, oh, I'm suddenly not this like just producing machine robot that I've been conditioned that I need to be. And so it's just navigating like how do we actually come into wholeness and feel good operating from that place? Um, so, yeah, like that would be my explanation of it. Mm, yeah um, interestingly lately I've been even putting in pauses throughout the day like when I'm I'll be in the bathroom I'm getting ready in the morning and then I, I get confused as to what my next step is like I've got a few things that I can do and I just go oh Patrice I'm pretty good at pausing in lots of different ways in my life and it's <laughs> I constantly get this message when I'm um, channeling in the morning or when I'm meditating of relaxing receiving resting and receiving and then I realized I was still like filling in these busy pockets, like running around. And I've just started to just stop for a second and take a breath, like pause and just sit in nothing for a moment. And then the next step, even sometimes I'll, I'll lie in the bed for a bit. Cause I'm like, I can't just keep pushing. Like it's not clear as to what my next thing to do. It might even be hanging out the washing or editing a podcast episode, but I'm like, I've got these things to do, but I can't, I'm not clear on the next step of my day mm -hmm. and when I don't know I just pause now yeah that's so I, powerful even just taking like these little tiny rests the little pauses just so I can get clarity and sometimes yeah as I said it can look like sometimes I just need a fucking rest like I actually do just need to lay on the bed and do nothing and then what I found over the last few years is that I used to be really worried around not getting back to people in messages on social media not getting back to friends in text messages um, you know, calls that I've missed that I just can't, there just doesn't seem to be the space to get back to them. And the more that I trust whatever's just in front of me to do, the more that there's a window that'll pop up. It could be a week later. It could be an hour later. It could be six weeks later. There's the most beautiful mm -hmm. window that naturally opens up to talk to that person that I was so angry at myself for not getting back to, but I just couldn't, there's like an invisible wall to doing it, but just mm -hmm. trusting, trusting pauses, trusting, you know, when I'm confused and just have a moment of confusion and pause or like just trusting energy rather than trying to make 
make things happen when it doesn't feel natural, but little rest just brings so much clarity. And I can so relate to what you're talking about. And I'm sure anyone um, who's listening, particularly women, just feeling like, whoa, yeah, when I rest, when I lay down, my mind still goes a million miles an hour. It's not relaxing to Mm -hmm. lay down, even though I'm making myself physically pause, my internal Mm -hmm. world is going nuts. So it doesn't feel nice. Totally. And that's what I'm talking about with that discomfort, because what I observe in my clients and I had this experience myself is that like these, the work that I do, um, I, I do from an energetic, mental, emotional, and physical point of view with women, because I believe that's what's required to actually embody a new identity. And the thing is, when we have been conditioned to operate in a certain way, like I'm sure you know this, but from a body-mind perspective, like there are programs that are playing out. I use the word programs all the time, but I guess like the body's been conditioned to produce certain hormones, certain things at certain times of day. Mm -hmm. And so has the mind. And they're working together all the time to recreate the same identity day in, day out, which is why change is so hard. And so when we've been conditioned that, all day, every day, I'm busy. Like we're actually conditioned deeply into survival mode and not creation mode. And so like creation mode to me is our highest expression as humans, because we're like genius, you know, divine creators, but it's also the feminine way. And so we have been conditioned out of that into survival. So when we first start making changes like that, like the pause, like the rest, like the being present with what's there, The body is actually screaming for, it wants its fix of the drug of all of the adrenaline and cortisol and all these survival-based emotions, feelings, cellular responses that we're used to. It's not easy. That's why it's so hard. And what most people do is fill the space because then they get their fix of busyness and they don't have to deal with you know, the come down, if you want to call it that, the withdrawal of, oh, I'm not getting all the things that I'm used to getting. But it's also like what we spoke about, such a big part of the feminine way is feeling and being. And so when we're busy and distracted, we don't have to be with our feelings. We don't have to process our trauma. We don't have to actually know what we truly feel and believe about ourselves because we're busy, we're distracted. And so slowing down, going into that feminine way, it's a practice. It's a process. It takes time. It's deep healing work, honestly, because there'll be so much of our identity generally that's tied into being productive, being busy, being enough. And it's just the antithesis of what I actually believe we came here for, which is to enjoy life, to be in the beauty and the pleasure and the creativity and like pleasure for pleasure's sake. Like that is something that I think we've lost as a way of being that is sort of slowly being restored through people reconnecting with their feminine essence. And that goes for men, women, that goes for everyone. It's like that feminine way, (laughs) the ability to slow down and be with what's there. It's really important. So important and so challenging and so worth it. But yeah, it's you're coming up against yourself time and time again. And that's why I think it's so important to have a mentor like yourself or like myself. So you can be with someone who understands it and it's like, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but we can sit in it. We have the capacity to, you have the capacity to be in this and to allow it to move and do what it needs to do. Totally. And um, the ability to be, you know, to embodiment 
is something that I talk about a lot because it's kind of from my perspective is anchoring in that soul frequency, who we truly are into the body. And a huge part of that is just being able to be present because so many people aren't present. They are literally thinking about the next thing they got to do and the dinner that they're preparing and what they're finishing here and what that project looks like and what the weekend looks like or reverting back to the past. I fucked up here. I did this thing. I said this. I'm angry at that person. Like we're just pulled between these two polarities of linear time when in fact the most abundant moment to be in is the present moment. And it is also the most challenging to be in. Mm, Yeah. And for women who come to you, uh, is there a process that I guess it depends on each client and, and what they've signed up with you to, to do, but is there um, a practice or something that you would advise someone to do when they're just starting to learn about presence and you don't really get it until you experience it. You just kind of, kind of have to go after it, but is there something that you recommend or you support your clients in or something that someone who's listening right now could go, oh, okay, I could start to practice that. Yeah, I think like setting a calendar reminder three or four times a day to actually either be present with yourself and just be in silence or to regulate your nervous system, whether you're upregulating, downregulating, that's a bit more complex. But to actually, like, I think the ultimate self-mastery is to just simply bring more light and awareness to what's unconscious and what's dark. So if you can actually just check in with your body and yourself for a minute, and be like, what's actually present for me here? Like, what sensations am I experiencing in my body? What am I noticing about my posture? What's happening with my breath? What are the thoughts that I'm thinking? Like building that connection with self and just bringing awareness to yourself is super simple. And it's super, super, it is transformational because it brings you back into that present moment. So even noticing like, you know, some people don't like touch, but if you're someone that likes touch, self-touch, that's actually very regulating for the nervous system. But it brings you into that mind-body connection where you're like, oh, I can actually feel my edges and I know, like, this is who I am. This is actually the moment I'm in. When I feel heightened, I'll often do that and remind myself like, oh, yeah, all of that's going on out there and it's taking me out there, but I'm here. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm here now. This is the space I'm in. This is what I'm occupying And in this space is actually really nothing happening. That's all a projection from the outside world. And so I think just slowing down to take a moment to check in with self um, and setting a calendar, like one of the most powerful things I ever did for myself was set a calendar reminder three times a day to do that exact process. And at the time I was focused on regulating my nervous system, which meant like bringing myself out of a fight or flight state into homeostasis or feeling, you know, calm three times a day, no matter what was going on in my world, because it wasn't about, oh, I'm trying to fix something. It was actually about, I'm trying to be with myself and also remind my body that it's actually safe in this moment, just to start to create a new story so that I can come out of that survival mode into more of a connection with self. And that becomes something that feels more normal to me. And it just like, you know, when you string these tiny little moments together, day by day over time that becomes an embodied way of being oh and that's the thing isn't it when you were saying that I it's such a tangible and simple tool that you just suggested calendar 
we all have them, Google, whatever it is, pop it in your calendar and spend one minute. So it could be a couple minutes every day because we attract what we are, not what we want. So if we are being more regulated or feeling safer or feeling just more whole in ourselves a couple of times a day, then it will just start to leak out into other parts of the day, like you're saying, and you'll become more of that. So throughout the day, you'll have more moments of that and they'll just start to bridge together. But it starts in those yeah. little tiny moments, doesn't it? It does. And there's a concept called from glimmers to glows. So this is another one. So if you're not someone that really likes self-touch, it's like what you can do is fixate on. So if you notice something brings you like a little spark of it feels nice or like it could be listening to the birds or it could be looking at the colors of the trees and like just observing like, wow, that's a really beautiful tree or that's a beautiful sun sunrise. If you sit with that feeling, that glimmer of joy, of peace, of calm for long enough and actually focus your attention on it, it will expand into what I've heard referred to as a glow. So it goes from a glimmer to a glow. If you do that several times a day, you're starting to like bring these frequencies of joy into your physical body several times a day. Again, normalizes that feeling. So the body feels safe to experience joy and to be in its senses and actually, you know, it's just those small things tied together over time, they create a new identity very simply. Oh, oh my God. I've never heard, I've never heard the glimmer to glow. That's really cool. I love that. And and Katie, for anyone who wanted to maybe activate more of their priestess, the priestess within them or their gifts, do you have anything that you'd recommend or anything from your repertoire that I could share with them? Yeah, this is so my jam. Um, so firstly, like for women, start listening to your intuition, game changing. Start actually following that nudge and just saying yes to that and saying no to things that don't feel in alignment. The more that we actually listen to our intuition, we we actually just bring more of that oracular power, that psychic gift, that priestess energy online but you have to actually start to trust yourself and follow that intuitive nudge and follow, you know, follow the thread. Um, So super simple, but again, like it's just, you know, when you say yes to something, but you want to say no, and then you have an experience where you're like, I should have said no. It's like actually start saying no to the things that you want to say no to. Say yes to the opportunities that you want to say yes to that feel really good and aligned, even when they scare you. Super simple. Um, Because that just brings more of that online and it supports you in trusting that aspect of yourself and then in terms of what I've got obviously I just started my podcast called the priestess path which is all about the priestess journey the priestess energy all of my lessons around it so that would be something awesome and activating to listen to and I do have a free seven-day immersion called the magnetic feminine that I can gift to anyone that's listening to this that it's just really powerful it kind of touches on those pieces I mentioned of both the multidimensionality, but also that grounded embodiment and how we bring them together to become a magnetic woman really, you know, tapped into our full expression. Thank you so much, Katie. I will definitely drop in the show show notes links to your podcast, that seven-day experience, and also your contact details below because I feel like you're, you know, you are absolutely magnetic and who knows we'll want to contact you. And thank you so much for coming on into the nothing. So appreciate you. I know you're in the podcast headspace at the moment. So fun. I would, I would recommend for anyone listening who's getting the intuitive nudge pull to start a podcast 
to do it. It is so fun. You learn so much about yourself. And also it's such a great way for people to really get to know you because they hear the long form content, hear all your mistakes and hear your humanness and your strengths and, and just all of it. It's really cool. So, but first and foremost, Katie, thanks so much for coming on into the nothing. Thank <laughs> you so much. This has been a beautiful, a beautiful chat. I've loved it. Mm, me too. And for you who is listening, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing, for liking, for commenting, reaching out to Katie or I if you have any questions about anything that we have discussed. And just a big thank you really for supporting this podcast. It's such a passion project of mine and, um, yeah, it's just getting some really cool traction and I am so grateful. So thank you. Thanks, Katie. And we'll see you in the next episode.